clubhouse. You have invited your worst enemy to sleep in your bed. And if you think that she was fucking you last night, give her three months. The real fucking is coming. And I'll give you the reasoning. The reasoning is you. The wolf is, is their weapon. So is the bison. So is anything that gets your cattle out of the national forest and off the BLM land and ultimately off your land. It is no difference than Dan Jenkins wanting a private club or, or market equities wanting their fucking airport. They want the land, Dad. That is all you need to understand. This is Steph. This is Sheila. And welcome back to our Pod Clubhouse coverage of Yellowstone. This is season five. Today we are talking about episode five, which is titled Watch Them Right Away. Sheila, I'm back. You're back. I missed Yay. you. We had I Paul. Did not, I we do not. Had- I love Paul and he's funny, but I do not like giving up control of my things. It's yeah. very hard. Well, I had to do the intro last week and it, it threw me for a loop. I had to do it like three times. I'm going to be fully honest, full disclosure, because I was That's like, funny. Um, yeah, I don't do this. <laughs> I don't like when people have to like take my things and then like I do know. them for it's me. Like, it, I'm I, like, but did you do it right? Did you do it the way that I do I it? I do it. Exactly. Yeah. So the control freak in me allowed all of this to happen and Paul <laughs> did a wonderful job. It's always great yes, to have, did. you know, the folks from Pod Clubhouse joining us, but um, definitely missed having you Aww, on the podcast because especially for one particular scene that happened last week where I feel well, like it was you was such and, a good episode. I was so was sad. So, I was like, Ugh. yeah, there was so much in there, but in particular, sorry to go back in time, guys, for you guys that, you know, listened last week as well but you know Steph and I can talk about this stuff yeah I wanted to get your take on the conversation between Monica and John at the graveside oh my gosh I know oh, I when you guys like a baby about yes and you know Paul's like he goes it's as close as I came to crying for tv I, I was, know I heard him say that but you and I you know we're a little softy when it comes to this kind of stuff and I yes. was just I was a soppy mess I'm gonna be honest with you yes I was so sad and I think Paul said it but those were like the perfect words that you didn't know you needed to hear. Yes. You yes. know, like, and it was not too much and like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I know how you feel. And it didn't feel patronizing. It felt so genuine and sincere. And him just being like, you loved him perfectly. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, you know, it was something Paul and I talked about. It's stuff that we haven't heard said before. Yeah. Like there was no cliches. There was yeah. no, like you said, it wasn't patronizing and it was just, you know, living this perfect life. And it's, it's a very poetic way to describe one of the most horrific yeah. situations in life. Yeah. It was so genuine. It was really, yeah. really sweet. On a random side note, I'm going to make this really quick, but there's a Netflix series called From Scratch. I don't know if you've heard of this. If I've, any of our I've listeners, heard of it. I haven't oh, watched okay. it. Should I? No. Oh, okay. I have literally oh. been crying for days. Like, and today. Oh, no, I'm, no, no. Yes. Like, I'm not in a good place today because I watched this show and my husband came in the room and he was like, oh, my God, really? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> no. And he was like, okay, wow. Yeah. I, I've had to be a little so, circumspect in my TV choices late because, oh like, my. my Certain things in my personal life have been, you know, blowing up all around me. Not in a bad way, but just a stressful yeah, way. Yeah, but, and sometimes it affects you in a way it shouldn't or, yeah. or it's different. So, but, you know, I have to man. be a little delicate in my TV choices. So I've been watching New Girl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Exactly. Perfect Throwing choice. Throwing it way back to something where nothing bad ever happens. If you are not in a good mental state, please don't watch this show because yeah, okay. it is so good. And I was like so two episodes three episodes in i'm like oh my gosh this is the cutest like most romantic love story ever and then it takes a (sighs) u-turn so (laughs) y-o-u the show y-o-u so i've been crying a lot today oh okay 
All right. Well, you know, there, but, there's some people crying in this episode. So this um, episode did not make me cry, or at least no. not for no, the no, no. right reason. We wouldn't cry for this episode, but there were people oh. in the episode definitely crying. Look at yes. you, Summer. I know, right? <laughs> so we have a lot to say about this episode, Sheila. Yeah. We have Sheila and I and. Several of our other pod club housers have spent the day discussing this episode in depth yep. because what the heck was this? Okay, so I'm going to say uh, unpopular opinion. I really did not like this episode. Yeah. I really did not. I, I was I watched it, the screener, and I texted you right away going, what in the hell did I just watch? You were like, I, uh, this is dumb. And Beth and lost I'm a like tooth always... WTF. Like, come on. <laughs> and I'm always trying to defend, you know, like the unpopular. Opinion. I'm like, oh, come on. But he was a nice guy. And I'm thinking, so I wrote you, I wrote Sheila back and I said, okay, let me watch it again. Like, there has to be something good to say about this No, there's plenty episode. of good things to say about of course, it. But, but... I, on the whole, I no. was not a fan of this episode. Like, <laughs> I likened it uh, for the Ted Lasso fans out there. I said this was like the Coach Beard episode. Episode, sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> it was just like a placeholder, and I did yes. not. And I, it was marking okay. time, and I did not appreciate the lack of character development, the lack of plot development, well, the lack of anything happening. Like, yeah. and that's what I was going to tell you in my defense. So I'm like forming my defense in my brain today. As, as <laughs> I, I warned her that like, I was going to be on the offensive. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're gonna like we're gonna debate this. I'm in my in my mind. My defense was that Taylor Sheridan doesn't waste time, and he doesn't do anything by mistake, right. and he doesn't um have this here for no reason. But it sure feels like. It, to be honest oh okay i was i was expecting, i mean i'm agreeing with you sheila I'm i like, know i know and i was I trying to not be i i mean i didn't use the h word i just say i hate this episode because i don't hate is a strong word and i try not to use it but i just yeah. could have done I'm, with different element okay let, let me rephrase i could have done with different elements in this episode that i i was missing so like i feel like last yes. episode was like an explosive setup for like the ramping so many up things of, could have happened yes based like, off of episode four that right. would have made us been like even yes. if i had seen rainwater even if it was a conversation I, between him yes. and john saying you know here's the here's the agenda whatever the play was going to be for this meeting but obviously john's head is not in the governor mm -hmm. game right now but just something to connect the story back to last episode because it was almost like they did not need the recap like here's what yeah. happened last episode who cares because none cares. of it matters it doesn't matter we're not going to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> okay so before you all add us we love this show right so disclaimer oh, yeah, we course. love this show <laughs> one little blip and we can we don't have to love everything but we're here to you know we're here to talk about it so you know yeah, if you have right. a differing opinion and you want to you know debate it with then us we're happy us. to do that you know yes. twitter you know you can get us on there facebook they get us on there and podclubhouse.com mm -hmm. so we, we like to hear differing opinions opinions or or similar opinions um yeah. <laughs> it all makes the dialogue very rich but for me there was a lot going on this episode that could have been condensed into a lot less and then after we had this like long in-depth conversation i thought about like what what's gotten me so antsy about this season and i think i'm missing jimmy really? i think i'm missing the dynamic that he brought like jimmy or the bunkhouse boy yeah, like Jimmy, like the bunkhouse. So like Jimmy in the yeah. bunkhouse. Because mm -hmm. what my hangups were this episode were that like <laughs> most of the plot lines felt like mm -hmm. filler. And mm -hmm. if I thought about what's missing this season, because I actually saw a poster today for this, the four sixes and I had Jimmy on a horse looking all cowboy regal like. <sighs> and um, then I was like, oh, you know, I think it's like, Jimmy. Oh, hey. But he was an innocent time filler. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Because it was still character development. I feel like there That's was not true. a lot of character development this episode either. And that was my other real big issue. Was like, if you're going to have time filler, make it quality. Yeah, make it about like Gator or something. Yeah, like you know? dive <laughs> deep into something, right? So that's... That's kind of where I think that my head has been is just like because you know in the bunkhouse like there was always like we had teeter talk two seasons ago um, yeah 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 right so we had teeter talk but also Jimmy was a very large part of like the bunkhouse shenanigans like they would pick on him they would you know mm -hmm. then we had the whole buckle bunny situation the barrel racers last season and you know it was innocent time fell yeah that's true right and today we got trees and a valley and a mountain and a forest and then fire. There was a fire. And yeah. So yeah. like, what's up with that? 
So what we're talking about is there's been a very obvious, I don't want to say conscious because I don't know if it's conscious, but it's for me, it's like obvious. The cinematography has definitely stepped in as a character, as a supporting character. Mm-hmm. There's been these like like wide sweeping shots. And like you said, like these long gazes <laughs> of the scenery. And I thought initially, like in the first episode, because that's the one I saw in the movie theater, I was like, oh, it's like, you know, this this season is is like really, you know, movie theater worthy because of all these like long cinematic shots. And I thought it was really just for the first episode because it was also played in a movie theater. But these are some long pauses, like uncomfortable yeah. pauses. <laughs> Like like on here, like we don't like dead air. So like the yeah. same thing. Like for me, it's, it's just like, like you could like scroll your phone for a while, and then you're that, yeah, that's not supposed to happen when you're watching Yellowstone. You don't right. need to be looking at your phone. Like that kind of feels like time filler to me too. So let's talk about what did happen, I guess, which is still doesn't feel like a whole lot, except for we're like gathering little baby cattle. And we're going to brand them and that's it? Like, that's all we're doing this episode? Did I miss something? No, that's pretty much it. Okay. And then, you know, the Mm -hmm. mayhem ensues. I did like seeing John, you know, interacting with Rip more. I like that he was, like, using Rip as a sounding board and, like, letting him have a say and, like, well, we shouldn't have them stay in the bunkhouse and we should do this and we should do that and, like, making a plan together. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that he's, like, part of the decision-making process now. So that kind of stuff was, like, good. And I feel like that's going to center Rip because he's been a little bit upset. I feel that, you know, John hasn't been present he was super calm this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, this seesaw issue with Rip, like, where he's, like, wound really tight in the first episode and now he's the calm voice of reason. Um, Don't get me wrong. I enjoy every time that Rip is on the screen because they're giving him much more complexity like yeah i want yeah i really want to talk about him when we talk about beth because to me is huge so like their relationship is i'm loving but yeah so as far as what's happening on the ranch like just seeing i did like seeing carter um (laughs) he's like we got to go tell gator to get a spike camp or whatever and he's like i don't know what that is like it was just funny he's like okay (laughs) he knows enough to go along with the plan but he's going to figure out the plan along the way he's like i don't know what we're at we're doing but I'm just going to say, yes, sir, I'm going to do it. So I don't feel like we're going to see them on this camping trip, are we? I hope not. Like, I've had enough. I'm sorry. Yeah, enough. it didn't feel like we were going to follow them along in this, like, not exciting journey. So, Well, I, um, actually, I do think we're going to see some of well, it, only because of how Clara set it up that, you know, with this... Um, manufactured political event yeah um, yeah, yeah so no, i feel like we're I gonna see like, some of it but it would be I feel more like the we're gonna see aftermath. when they get back yeah i, yeah, like I don't know if we'll when... see the actual camping trip but I, I don't think we're done with the the cattle branding yeah no 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 and that's the part i like not the cattle branding itself but like just seeing the cowboys in action that's not to me time filler that's like part right. of the the essence of the show right like if that's the authenticity yeah. we've talked about in the past well the thought that crossed my mind was i'm not sure showing the world how you actually brand cattle and like handle cattle is wise on his part yeah because like because it's really metropolitan kind of, areas it's and, not a very gentle process right and like, suburban areas aren't going to understand yeah i don't think the so. process they're going to hear these little calves mooing and upset yeah. and so i kind of had this thought in my mind like this might not be a very good press opportunity right but okay like like who's guiding you oh right you yeah. fired all those advice oh that was, that, that was another everybody. thing that was last episode you fired everyone why do i like clara so much she is so cool i don't know i like her a lot she's you know she's so put together do you remember i did like that deep dive character analysis on the beck brothers way back when uh yeah 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 like so but for her like i was thinking about her today too i think she's the opposite of the duttons she is calm Mm. she is cool Mm -hmm. she does not get frazzled when john fired the entire cabinet she was just like oh you just saved 1.6 million dollars in salary benefits well like when she's like so cancel all the meetings okay so like all the meetings. okay well sure 
But then she offers this alternative this episode where she says, well, if I invite some people on the guest list, you could knock out two weeks worth of meetings in one afternoon. I'm like, that is reading your governor. Like, that was so smart. And then she has this moment, this episode where she's up on a horse and she's going with them on the two day, you know, cattle drive. Yeah. And she's so she's like the real deal for John. Like she can straddle, not, no, no pun intended, both the, like the ranchy world and the governor world, right? So she's yes. got the chops to do, but to keep up with him. Yes. Yes. That's it why feels I think like I like she's her. not his match, but can match him in that, like, okay, well, here's if you do this and this happens. Like, I like that she responds to him. With alternate and not just like, okay, yes, sir. She responds. She doesn't react. Beth reacts, right? So there's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. So Clara just responds and she's even, which is why I say that she's like anti-Dutton sort of personality because they're all reactors (laughs) and she's a responder. And it's a subtle difference, but it really makes a difference when, you know, we're looking at her like, well, why do we like her? Because she's not like Beth. She's a strong woman who's able to stand up to John. She's not intimidated by him. And, you know, she goes toe-to-toe with him respectfully. I do. I like her so much. So this gathering that's gathering, it seems like a big deal in the community. Rip and John were talking about how, like, all the valleys seem shorthanded and how they've been helping out, like, these different ranches. But they're really making this into a family event. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like it's been a family event, but I feel like it's a bigger deal now just because of all the dynamics that have gone on the last couple of episodes. This inviting of Casey and Monica and them accepting, I feel like this I is know. a big deal. I do, too. I was so happy to see that. Yeah, they haven't been together since the hospital the night of the accident. Yeah. Like, Casey's been really noticeably absent from all of John's gubernatorial, um, yeah. Every these... time you say that one. I know. It's, it's, I, I don't get to use it enough, so, like, I'm going to use it. Um, any of his sounds, activities in the governor mansion. Or, it no, sounds he's not like a made-up word. Okay. Okay. It's not a made-up word. It's, it's I know it's Googleable. That's a made-up word. I'm messing with you, <laughs> right? So I mean, Casey and Monica were not at any of the election night events, nor the inauguration. So this is a, I feel like this is a big deal bringing them back. Okay, but speaking of crying, did you cry when Casey cried? Because I did. Oh, ugh. I mean, maybe it's because I'm watching this other freaking show. But that was not what I was like. Not not that I wasn't expecting it. But it broke me in ways I that I wasn't expecting. It's just because he's always the stoic one. But he also did it. I think he he chose his moment and he mm-hmm. chose his location strategically that he wouldn't be seen or heard. But yeah. Monica busted him. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm, and I'm so glad that they had that moment. And I'm so glad that she said, hey, oh, my gosh, no one's asked you. Like, are you OK? And I like that he confessed, like, I'm worried. And, you know, like we were talking about before. He doesn't know where he belongs. And he said that, which to me is like a huge thing for someone. It's hard to say those things out loud. Yeah. Even if it's to your partner. Even, you know, however many days past this grief to say that out loud and just say, I just don't know where I belong. Like, I just loved that moment. And it was that was probably like my favorite moment of the whole episode because it was so meaningful. And it was just a couple minutes. But it was like, man. Okay, good. You know, they're together. Like she sees right. him. They're like, like a united front because yes. we had also talked about what is this going to do to them? This Yes, this loss, yeah. the aftermath of this. But I'm also so, happy that he's letting it out. Yes, I know. It was, because it those was, emotions have to come out somehow. And, you know, crying is not weak. It's it's very therapeutic. Yeah. And I was so happy to see that scene. And it really made like a big deal for me in this episode just to for Casey and then then and also just to see that they're moving together not apart and I also like the fact that Tate was so excited to see John like we gotta get some fishing in and you know and John in his stoic way was very happy to see Tate as well and I feel like that's been a long time as well so that was also good to see yeah, so I'm super glad that they were included in this weird family event. I don't know why. I guess they just need that many people. <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah, but apparently everyone's going. 
I mean, it sounds like a big deal because they were helping out the the other ranch the last time yes. and the last episode, and that was a big deal. There was a whole big picnic and a barbecue, and there was lots of activity going on. So it, it feels like a, a very community-oriented time yeah. where everyone kind of pitches in. So, I mean, it's... Oh, it's like a barn raisin. Yeah. Did exactly. you ever see um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Oh, yeah. I used to love them. <laughs> That's a great movie. <laughs> I love a barn raisin. Um... <laughs> Okay, so as far as my favorite scenes, it was Casey and Monica, and then Beth trying to ask Rip to go on this, like, whatever adventure thing this is called. But <laughs> that was one of the best scenes. I mean, he's like, Beth, seriously, okay, do you want to go? And she's like, well, I thought that's what I just had been said. And he's like, no. <laughs> like, isn't this like how every married couple is like, but I wanted you to invite, I want you to want to invite me. And not yeah, just assume, like, like Beth being like pouty and it's yeah. just, it, I, I don't know. I think I've had it to my eyeballs with her immaturity. I know, but, this, and, but with Rip, it was funny. Yeah. And so he... And then <laughs> I he like just how he has like, like the best way. And he like, like breathes and he's like, he Beth. does. He takes a deep breath. He's like, darling, love of my life. You love know? of my life. He's like, will you please spare me the misery of being without you for two days? But I also <laughs> like the fact that he nailed her to the wall by saying, you don't like horses or being cold yeah. or being dirty or like, being told what to do. But spare me the misery. My, <laughs> imagine my shock that you want to be invited. Yeah. Oh, so I, I appreciate the complexity again. So we've talked about Jamie and the complexity of the nature. And I feel like they're bringing Rip's complex nature out the more that he's exposed to the Duttons. Mm-hmm. Like he's now been brought into the inner circle, I feel like with, with the symbolism of the wedding ring, like now he's in that yeah. inner circle. Like there's definitely been a shift in how he's been treated, talked to. He's living in the main house. He's living in the master yeah. bedroom, you know. Like well, there's, his character development has come so far. It's taken off, yes, definitely. It's amazing because he, like, especially based on sort of their past and Go back sort of to his, season one, right? His, he was yeah. just a grunt, Like their right? interactions... And he had like five lines the whole season. <laughs> and then now he's like her calming voice of reason. He's like the way he sort of John. handles her. I'm like, yes, dude, like you get her. This is so amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that was very cute. And he's like, let's put the crazy away, you know. And I feel like I'm like, yes, this is what we need to do. We need more of Rip being her therapist. Yes. Reading her and telling her what she needs to do. Like, because Beth yeah. is not going to seek out therapy herself. So I feel like Rip needs to be her voice of reason. Maybe we should sign a petition for Beth to go to therapy. So that was my other um, second favorite scene was... <laughs> them in the little tack house trying to get invited to the, to the ride along yeah so meanwhile funny. she's like there in a dress and she's like i want to go on a you know spike camp and be like oh god and he's like there's no toilets and you know he's really selling it as the worst place so in the world funny. for her there's no way you would have gotten i've been like yeah i'm staying here yeah they would have had me at the no bathrooms yeah mm-hmm. yeah sorry city girl here no offense <laughs> So the only person who wasn't invited oh was what did he call? What did John call him? The a disappointment or a um, uh, a regret? A regret? Okay. Um, yeah, can we, talk, can we put a pin in that for later? Because they, yes, I have strong opinions. Yes. About that whole conversation. The regret Jamie was not invited to this ride along. It's probably for the best. Okay, so you watched last episode, right? So him and yeah. Sarah have this little tiff in the uh, tryst. No, yeah, no, they have this little tryst. Not a tiff. They yeah. have this little tryst in the. I, I called it a spa bathroom. I Paul thought it was spa. a fancy men's room. Like I think it was a spa bathroom. Um, Jamie slow on the uptake here when he's talking to Sarah this episode of I won't have to recuse myself because there's really no conflict because we hire outside counsel. It's like, ha ha, mm-hmm. I outsmarted you and I got to bang you. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, did he figure that out after the fact? Right. Like, did mm-hmm. was this sort of like the Monday morning quarterback kind of thing? It's like, oh, I don't she think just so. played me. And, but like, no, 
I played mm-hmm. her because I still got the sex and I don't have to recuse myself. <laughs> got the sex. I don't think so because that's we were uh, recently talking about that about how he that's like his only you know strength and his forte is that he knows it so well and he's so confident in his abilities as a lawyer that he knows what he's doing there. So I don't feel like that was like, oh, crap. You know, I feel like he was aware of the situation. But I just wonder, like, where it's going to go. Exactly. I don't see the point in it other than just to distract him, maybe. Because well, I think ultimately she's going to try to get more information out of him at some point. Yeah. Because now, if, like, if he doesn't have to recuse himself and she doesn't have to recuse herself, then, you know. Then he's not really being used, is he? You know what I mean? Like, Well, not in the sense that he thought he was being used. But I'm sure, you know, she's she sees other It might just be like smoke and mirrors. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, look over here at my boobies. <laughs> like literally in I'm, your office. You know? Like literally. <laughs> Let me snap my dress. <laughs> I was like, my dress. Like, yeah, that was a very wise uh, choice for her there. Yeah. Easy she on, easy She off. didn't wear that dress by mistake. No, um, definitely not. No, she definitely packed that in her little bag so, of tricks there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like it's a trick that he's unaware of. I don't feel like she got one over on him. I think that it's just some sort of level of a distraction to either get information out of him or just keep him occupied while they're doing some other trick. Yeah, I think there's more. There's going to be more to it. Be more to it for sure. Yeah. But well, just in terms of like where this ends up going, because I don't necessarily feel that it's true attraction on her part i feel she's playing a game and yeah. we, we haven't seen her all of her cards yet like she's only the first uh first two cards into her poker right. deal here so we have oh, to, yeah we i have don't to feel like she's into him no. by any means but, but i don't feel the manipulation's over yet so i guess if he's not recused from litigation then he's like yeah why, why the hell not <laughs> i mean you're in my office i might as well might, might as well <laughs> So do we want to talk about the dinner scene? I love how John is just like, I don't even know why I'm bothering, but here we go. Right, by calling Beth and Rip to the the dinner table. and He Carter. said it again. He said, for, for once, this family is going to eat dinner together. I'm like, there, no, you just jinxed it, bro. <laughs> it's not happening. Well, I feel like he set Beth up here, like not intentionally, Okay. By saying, like, if you have nothing nice to say, you're not going to say nothing at all. And it's just, and it goes back to what Rip said. Like, you don't like being told what to do, Beth. Okay, that's right? true. So I feel like Beth is not somebody who enjoys being put in her place, as we've seen time and time and time and time again <laughs> in this show. <laughs> but I feel like by him doing that was just goading her into what ended up happening here. I mean, she still wouldn't have played nice had he even not addressed it. No, she wouldn't have, but she just has, you know, she sees like red rats when she sees Summer. But at the same time, like I feel it got escalated or ratcheted up only because he was just like essentially saying to Beth, like this woman means something to me. Can you please not act a fool? Did he say she means something to No, me? no, no. But I said, but I think my, my interpretation of it was by him saying, if you can't act nice, don't say any, nothing oh, at okay. all, was basically like code for him saying like, this woman means something to me. Can you please like not embarrass me mm. again? You know, in front of... I'm sorry. I'm the, sorry. The knife scene Again. in the kitchen from last season is what came to my head when I said yeah, that, yeah. Um, which is why I left. Psychotic. Um, yeah. <laughs> psychotic daughter. Well, Summer's the one that put the therapy thing in my head. She's like, she needs a therapist. Well, it's true. And she's not wrong. But like this whole scene at the dinner table, it just like this is another reason why this this episode to me just was just like, what in the hell am I watching? I'm not going to say it's played out because we've done this time and time again. Okay. So we, we all knew what was about to happen. I'm not sure I immediately expected a fist fight, but I expected this. I expected yeah, I expected the, barbs being thrown across the table. Yeah, the cat fight and the people storming away from the table and him being like, can't we ever just get through a fucking dinner? Like that. Right. Like we've had that conversation, literally that conversation yes. before. So I expected that, but I didn't expect it. To go on for so long, especially once they went outside. Right. Like the, you know, Summer carrying on about her displeasure with the meat display. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that was to be expected. Point point driven home. And also, like, (laughs) the lack of communication. Like, Gator (laughs) should be the first one informed. Hi, there's a vegan living in the house for the next six months. Please make sure we have, you know, coconut yogurt and, you know, vegan cheese. I did have a sourdough bread. Like a comment about that, too. But yeah, yeah, of course he would be informed. And of course there would be some sort of option like who wouldn't put fruit on the table who wouldn't put salad or a vegetable like there was not a vegetable anywhere on that table oh contraire mon frere there was mashed potatoes well later there were (laughs) i didn't see them at the beginning true but then like monica starts laughing and that part i needed i'm so glad she started laughing at them i felt it was so forced like it didn't feel I mean, yeah, she was uncomfortable, so it's already uncomfortable. But, I mean, it just, it didn't seem right. I think it would have been more appropriate or more to her character had she said, excuse me, I can't watch this. Mm. Right? And then, you know, that could have dissipated some of the tension and then, whatever. I'm armchair quarterbacking. But it just Mm -hmm. felt unnatural to me. Oh, I, I thought know, I'm being mean. I'm sorry, funny. being mean. And I thought that Tate, too, was like, can we just eat, like... <laughs> that that's, that's more appropriate than monica's laughing yeah. i just like me personally i would not have stayed i would not stay for that kind of, kind of nonsense i'd be like yo you people are out of here like i'll i'll go have a sandwich peanut butter sandwich in the kitchen yo peace out i'm like i like peanut butter and jelly okay gosh yeah. and it's vegan <laughs> yeah so are oreos by accident who knew here's your Ooh. vegan lesson for today oreos are accidentally okay. vegan as someone who's always hungry because I'm gluten-free and it super sucks, gluten-free Oreos are actually really freaking delicious and they actually taste like Oreos. <gasps> Yay! So that's really not good news because then I eat the whole package. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. So anyways, I think we need to talk about the freaking fist fight okay, in the yard. Okay, finally we got there. Okay. Yes. Like, okay. I timed this shit between the two rounds, round one and round <laughs> two. two. <laughs> I timed uh. it. It was just shy of five minutes. No. Yes, it was. It was so long. It was so long. One of the things that, like, struck me as... Mostly I was horrified by the scene. I did not want it. I did not expect it. Not that I didn't expect it, but I didn't expect it to be as brutal as it ended up being. Yeah. I don't know if they punched each other in the kitchen last season or whatever, but yeah, okay, so a punch or something. But you're right. Like, I mean, this all-out brawl... But it was like the gorgeous ladies of le- wrestling, like the glow from like the 80s. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, my God. Because like, I know you're a couple years younger than me. <laughs> so like in the 80s, like wrestling was a huge deal. And, you know, the I guess the ladies were feeling left out or they felt that they could make more money. They brought in these like Amazonian oiled up women with like long feather tees, bleach blonde hair and mm. had them wrestling. And, and all they did was like roll around. It was like mud wrestling without the mud essentially they were just rolling around in these scantily clad you know there was there was a lot of fashion tape keeping things in place that's hilarious <laughs> but yeah so like that's what this was like to me i was just like seriously did not need five minutes of this and i didn't need her to like kick her in the crotch like right I mean, but it did make on. for a funny moment the following day when she's like yes. saddling up on a horse and she's like he's like you deserve that she goes i earned it yep you you earned it <laughs> yep no that part yeah that was funny but it's like but why so this is where i like when rip stepped in because john's like whatever just let him deal with it well i think john is just done with beth like he's just well, yeah. trying to like he's just like, keep her it. crazy at bay enough by saying you know doing the dad thing of like if you don't have anything nice to yeah. say But I think Rip, you know, he's like, you're not going to beat each other into accepting your each other's other's opinion. opinion, And I was like, thank you. Exactly. There is no point in this. Me slapping you and punching you, choking you. I'm like, okay, I believe you now. You're totally right. (laughs) But like, where does this leave them? So now Summer and Beth, they have to be in the same house for the next six months, presumably. Where does this leave them? Are they going to be chums now? Are they... Mm. frenemies what are they now now that they beat the snot out of each other quite literally where does this leave them like what was the point of this going forward the only thing is that did make it seem like they could coexist a little bit because they did sort of she's like come on let's go back inside oh and beth had that little barb that she threw at her she goes oh we're not doing that now 
so it's like, okay, now we're going to be friends, not friends, but we're just going to like coexist. So I guess that was like the point of it all. We'll see. But other than that, like, I don't really see the, what came of that. It did invite a little bit more conversation between them, like the following morning. Yeah. You know, Beth and Summer have this moment where Beth tells her to, you know, kind of walk around the ranch for the next couple of days while they're gone to get a sense of the place and to understand them and their culture and values. Yeah. And I'm skeptical that it's really going to have done much good between right. them. Right. You know, like the bull in the bar scene from season two, I think it was, was far less and so much more memorable. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people out there that disagree yeah. that this is a very memorable fight, but I just, I'm I'm so yeah. over Beth and her temper tantrums. And I just need to see something different from her because like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like the only time I think I really like Beth is when she's shredding someone like in a corporate situation, when right. she dressed down Malcolm Beck in her office, when, you know, she was, you know, going after Rourke with the short sale list, um, yeah. you know with Caroline Warner and Ellis. Like I like her in those situations where she's doing this kind of nonsense and her, she loses a tooth over it. I'm like, yeah. please, you're a 40 year old woman. Please. At some point, like your, your frontal cortex has been developed. <laughs> like you should be able to make more rational decisions. Right. It's just stupid too, that she's like telling Rip though. She's trying to teach Carter some manners. Like, come on now. No, you're right. Like, that was dumb. No cussing at the table, but you can beat the shit out of somebody else over because dinner you don't, yeah because you don't she's agree vegan with and you're not and <laughs> yeah. you know she's screwing your dad and whatever that's doing to your childhood trauma i don't know <laughs> but i mean you know seriously i did kind of want to sidetrack just a smidge on summer higgins like i kind of don't get why she's there other than he didn't pardon her but he like let it made yes. it to where she can so, be under yeah, house he, arrest with him. Why? I don't understand why. Yeah, so because he's basically transferred her sentence. So she doesn't have to right. last out the last six months in jail. She can hang with him. Okay, but, but why? That's weird. So he, I guess he's he's looking at her as an environmental activist, that she understands the ins and outs. Because now with the wolves last yeah, episode... Yeah. He's decided that he needs like some somebody to help him understand how these environmental organizations. But I haven't work. decided if I'm like on his side of the opinion on that or on Beth's side because she kind of does have a point. Like, why would Summer care to help you to understand you? I didn't get the feeling that they're like sleeping together anymore. You know, like, did you? Uh, yeah, I kind of. You did. Do. Okay. Yeah. I so do. I mean, okay. I mean, do you think she's gonna help or is she gonna be? A wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm on the fence right now, but I can understand where John is coming from. Like, I did you this solid, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. I busted you out of jail. The least you can do is advise me on environmental policy. Like, this is what you know and you understand and yeah. you've lived. I'm seeking your opinion. So I think he's coming at it from the honest John standpoint where if I do this for you, he he's in the business of favors, right? Yeah. So even with the judge okay. last last yeah, season, you know, so like I did you this solid and you're going to do this for me. And, gotcha. you know, yeah. that's where I think he's his motivation is coming from. I think he's maybe a little naive. This is where I trust Beth. When Beth is at her best is when she's strategizing and she sees yeah. the chessboard and she's she's got you licked before you've even moved your first pawn. Because she can see all the moves ahead. And even with market equity, she goes like, you know, like I'm... I'm not two one steps step ahead, ahead, I'm just yeah. one step ahead, and that's all yeah. I need to be. But in certain sectors, she does see things better. And I don't necessarily think that Beth is wrong, that Summer's going to screw him over in some way, shape, or form. I kind of thought the same, too. I thought, you know, she might be right about this. And it's a good warning, I think, for her to have said to John, she's not going to help you. Like, she just wants your—they all just want your land. And I was like, oh, you know— she might have a point there. So, and then I also thought it was slightly weird how um, Summer just looked so like distraught about him leaving and like, well, what am I going to like? She looked worried or I can't even really define what I thought she, that emotion was on her face, but it was like it was fear, fear. And it I looked didn't, like I'm, fear. And I'm like, but why? I don't. I kind of didn't understand that part either. You and I, <laughs> you and I have an interesting perspective on the show, seeing as how we've dissected every single episode. Up right, until we now. literally talk about um, it. 
bad things happen on that ranch when people are left alone. Um, I'm trying to think. Who? So, like, last season, Monica and Tate in the house. Like, okay. they're the only ones there. And then the okay. attack happens. Tate was off wandering to oh, go yeah. feed his horse. Okay. He was all alone. You know, not good things happen when people are... She doesn't know that, but we know that. Yeah. Um, I think also just having literally everybody leave and she's only there presumably a very short amount of time i don't know if she knows how to use the tv remote <laughs> she's like i'm stuck in this big ass house with this man who's gonna make me quail every day um well no i no, think gator's funny. going with no, them he I was going he, too yeah yeah so she's like, he's well, gotta like, make them food and stuff eat yeah so. um so yeah i thought that was an interesting part of her character that she seemed worried and like wait a minute what what am i gonna do um so i'm very interested to see that i also wonder if she's going to stay i mean like she's under house arrest but i don't see like an ankle bracelet i know i'm reading a lot right. into this like is she gonna make contact with her quote-unquote mm. environmental terrorist group you know um the right? group that she was okay. working with when she got arrested like i you know i'm i'm trying to play like all different angles like why was she so worried but i'm also wondering like is she gonna stay on the straight and narrow is she gonna prove beth right is really kind of where yeah. i'm going with this like the preview from next week with her and Monica seemed very sketch and made me very worried. And I have no idea what that conversation was about. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, it looked like she was walking through the graveyard, like yes. getting a sense of, you know, that. And then, but then they said something about taking back the land or this is, I don't know. I didn't quite hear it properly or catch it or whatever. It and didn't I was quite like, make sense out of context, I think. Too. Exactly. And so I'm a little worried about what these two are going to do next. So, I don't know. I thought Summer was an interesting part of the episode a little bit, other than the whole, like, fist fight with Beth. But yeah, that look on her face of him leaving was, like, very interesting to me. I wonder what she's so worried about. Yeah, I mean, you know, to play the other side, too, like, is she, you know, getting feelings for him and maybe doesn't want to be alone without him? You know, I don't know. Huh. There's, I don't know. I don't know if it's that. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. <laughs> I thought when she yeah. when he picked her up from prison, she was like, "I am not your girlfriend," or "I'm not sleeping yeah. with you." Yeah, but the so last episode, I... she was like giggling and running in her t-shirt. Well, because she doesn't have any other clothes. I guess not. But like, it was the giggle that kind of like made me think something was up. Oh, okay. I don't know. Not in John's bedroom, so can't really tell you. Um, although good. this is the most weird non sequitur, but I, so when John is giving the orders to Rip about like what to do with the spike camp and what he wants these day laborers to be and where not to be, he's like, I don't want that bunkhouse turning into a damn honky tonk. And just Kevin Costner saying honky tonk just it made my day. <laughs> it just made my day. I don't know why it struck me as so funny. It just really did. It was just you know the most innocent of innocent things, but it was just it was so adorable. So. <laughs> There you go. There's your weird. I didn't think it was. It didn't sound so. Um, I guess genuine might be the word when he was like "yeehaw" at the end. I was like, "Yeah." Eh. I was like, "That was a little less less convincing." Yeah, I guess he really his heart really wasn't in it. I suppose. Yeah, he wasn't. But, so um, after dinner, there's this conversation that John has with Rip. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or he kind of runs down his kids. Yeah. Ugh. <clears throat> He misses one, he pities one, he regrets one, and he envies Beth. Yeah. Where do we want to start first? Mm, yeah. Not Beth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, missing one. Okay, check. That checks out. That, that's fine. Um, Pity. Pitying would be Casey, which doesn't check out for me. Because why? Because he's had so much loss. What? What is it? Because I would say he's... the acute loss right now of his son. Okay. And I would say the bigger picture might be the lost feeling that he has like he doesn't know where he belongs this okay. choosing between the livestock yeah. commissioner and his family but for me i'm like casey is not a person to be pitied like if no. he ever heard that i think that would be the most devastating thing i think casey could hear yeah like well who wants to be pitied right like even if you're down and out you still have your pride <laughs> you know like, and, well, i really pity you like, what but, do you like, think father saying that yeah. like there are things i'm sorry there are things a parent should not say out loud if that is how you feel about your children keep that one to yourself or maybe tell somebody who's not married to one of your children or a therapist <laughs> yeah like someone who might be paid to you know keep it confidential i suppose totally the regret 
I'm always like, gotta defend Jamie. Sorry, that was a long Ugh. sigh on my part. Ugh. Just, it pisses me off because I feel like Jamie is just a product of their like shittiness to him. Yeah. Like, how can you regret the way he turned out when you're the one who made him that way? I don't know. Urg. So this regret of Jamie that John mentions, I have a strong opinion about it. I feel it's relieving John of accountability in his role in making Jamie who he is and making him a regrettable child. John has treated Jamie from the moment that we met him in this series like a second-class citizen. Yeah. You know, you can get changed in the car. I think that was like the first episode of the series, like talking to Jamie. Just always treating him like an outcast, treating him different, putting him in the bunkhouse, you know, essentially demoting him from the family, kicking him out of the house a couple of seasons ago. Like they made they made him like a um like a stable hand at one point. Right, that's what I mean. Like they, you know, he yeah. kicked him out into the bunkhouse. Like I'm going to make a man out of you. But like John what? is relieving himself of the accountability that he's played in making Jamie who he is, and Jamie like. You know, Sheila from a couple of seasons ago is like, how are you doing this? How are you defending Jamie like this? But Jamie this season and last has really turned on the gas in terms of supporting John and doing what he's supposed to do and just doing a good job in all aspects, I feel, until until the other shoe drops, you know, when Jamie gets weak and then he has to, you know, like run and hide and do his little betrayals. Right. But I also, you know, I don't think John gets away scot-free in saying that he regrets his child. You adopted him. You have to raise him and treat him like a member of the family and he hasn't yeah is that is that too harsh of an assessment no No. i don't think so i also i keep coming back to this but (laughs) i also feel that like who jamie's mom is is going to answer some of these questions i don't know who she is as to why they treat him they and or john treat him so badly I'm just going to say John. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say John in this because Beth hates Jamie for a completely different reason. Yeah. John hates Jamie for some other reason. And I don't know why. Taylor, Sheridan, tell us why. I know. Just give us, if you're not going to give us any dips on 1923, (laughs) you have to give us something on. We've uh, been asking this question for like three seasons of our podcast, Taylor. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like saying that Jamie is regrettable is going to come back in some way to bite John in the ass because Jamie's inevitably going to do what Jamie does. Like he's good for a while and then he slides off the wagon, you know, the betrayal wagon. (laughs) And he's going to, he's, the other shoe is going to drop. Like he's going to do something. He's going to say something to Sarah, you know, for market equities. And it's going to get back to John that he was the source. I, I just, I... I feel it in my bones. Right. But I also feel that, you know, we're going to get some answer on who, you know, Mrs. Randall was, what her maiden name was, and maybe understand a little bit more of this line. Because it bothers me that John absolves himself of any accountability here. Right, yeah. And the fact that he's saying it to Rip, it's just so much worse. Not that he would say it to anyone else. I'm thinking like Emmett Walsh, the other cowboy that comes to help out. He never would say that to someone outside of his inner circle. But at the same time, like it's almost as bad as saying it to an outsider as saying it just out loud. Yeah, it's pretty cringeworthy to me. And I think that's why I'm always a little on the defensive for Jamie is because I just feel like it's just unfair, like sort of the shitty treatment that he's gotten from his dad. Like, all along the way. Jamie didn't even know he was adopted until fairly recently. He found his birth certificate. So, What he needed to, like, get the paperwork squared for the AG role. Come on. Yeah. But that just goes back to that family dysfunction we've talked about time and time again. They don't communicate. They don't confide in each other. They they don't... They're a business. They're not a family. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about it on here, but I can't remember. But I think I've had this conversation recently, too. But it's like, you know, when you tell somebody who they are over and over and over again, that's who they become. That's right. like, you know what I mean? So you your, your words have power mm-hmm. and your actions have power. And so when you speak and treat someone as if they are not part of your family, they are not worthy, they are not good enough, then that's who then why try any harder? You know what I mean? Like, why would I even bother? I'm sorry to say it, but a parent to a child has far greater import in those words than anybody else. 
Of course. The amount of damage or building up of a child a parent can do, it speaks volumes. Huge, yeah. Yeah. So I think you're right on the money there. Like, you know, Jamie believes himself to be this second-class citizen because that's how he's always been treated by his dad. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's go into the last one. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, my God. And he envies Beth. No. Just no. All evidence to the contrary, John. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because I don't think that it's freedom that she has. Oh, absolutely not. I completely agree with that statement. Like, maybe at the slightest level, you could say, yeah, she doesn't care what people think of her. And that's probably a really good feeling and a good way to, like, be who you are and doesn't really matter. But she's not free (laughs) by any means. (laughs) So and to, and for her, he's saying like, "Oh, now we're all cowards because we don't fight." And at least she fights for what she wants. Like she's psychotic. She's not free. That's exactly right. She's not free. She's a prisoner of her past. She keeps having these dreams and nightmares, really, of how she treated Rip in the past. And you know, prior episode, she said that she wanted to apologize for everything she'd done to them yeah. when they were younger. Even this episode, you know, she goes, "Do you ever think of us as kids?" And she said, "Yesterday is what eats her up, eats her alive." So she's a prisoner of her past, and frankly, of the traumas that she has not resolved. The hysterectomy, she's still daily fighting with that. And now her growing marriage, marital love between her and Rip is, you know, calling that into, you know, focus again and again. The way her mother treated her, the fact that she watched her mother die. These are all traumas that have steeled Beth into the person that she is. But there's also a couple of things that are really broken. Psychopathy and sociopathy are not things to be admired. And John, almost every instance he's had with Beth, he's been exasperated at something that she's done or said. Like, I think most recently, the thing that she says, like, uh, something about a threesome. And he's like, oh, God. he like shakes his head and he's looking down in his lap like he can't even look at her. And, you know, she said last season that she was going to get him a girl so that he could, you know, have some sex and whatever else. And he, she said it a little more crudely than I did. But, yeah. you know, he's always just like, God damn it, Beth, like you need to like stop talking to me like I'm one of your friends, which tells me that he doesn't necessarily envy her. It just he's he's piecemealing the things that he likes and making her up to be something she's not. Yeah. You said it the perfect word. This is so cringeworthy. This whole conversation, this assessment of his children. I disagree with every single one. (laughs) With the exception of Lee, I disagree with every single one of them because like Casey, pity may not be the right word. You empathize, you sympathize. Right. But he empathizes. He can empathize because of the losses that he's suffered. So he can empathize. Jamie, he's definitely got a role to play in that relationship. And he's, at every turn, he's like telling Beth, like, you need to basically do better and admonishing her as a 40-year-old child. And then he turns around and says he admires her. No, no, you're elevating certain uh, aspects of her character that you admire into the hole. And that's not right. That's not a good assessment. I think that there's some value in being able to be honest and truthful with people about your feelings. Like not that's that's something that's really hard for me to do. But there's something we're taught to do. (laughs) Yeah, there's some decorum to that that makes it a a enviable quality. Not just blurting out whatever the hell you like. That's you can't talk to people like that. Nobody's going to want to like nobody wants to be like Beth. She's a horrible person. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just walk around, like, cussing and hitting and, like, how is that enviable at all? But then turning around and saying, I'm trying to teach manners on this boy. Yeah. No. Like, no, that's not, you you obviously don't really mean that because if you just do it when it's good for you, then that's not the same thing. I mean, I would, I would want to be confident in who I am and what I believe and what I stand for and what I say and, you know, or more confident, whatever, that would be a good quality for me, but not in that way. Like you, you can't go around just berating and losing teeth in fistfights at over people's different opinions. (laughs) Oh gosh, Sheila, this was a a lot of Bethany's, Bethany, that, that name does not fit her. No, no. It's weird. Uh, 
We got Bethany early, early on when we got the mom flashback. I don't like when they call her Bethany. I'm like, ooh. I think this is only the second time we've heard her actual name. And it was just like, even when the the cop said it, she was like, she looked startled like she was in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what did I do? Like, only my mom calls me that. Uh, So the only thing I guess that I feel like I'm looking forward to is whatever summer and monica are talking about that seemed kind of scary a little bit yeah leaving the two so, of them alone and wandering through a graveyard you know they but could i be. love monica way too much for her to do something to the dentons do you know what i mean yeah i don't know so like, i can't uh, i can't have her do that i don't know I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Well, after last episode airing the trailer for this episode, I I I feel duped. <laughs> that this was I've a big setup. We're going to show the world who we are and what we do. It sounded so sinister as they were all I lining know. up on their horses, only to be let down and be like, "It's cattle branding." Yeah, they're just going to find some baby cows. Yeah, they, there's something they do every single year. They're not yeah. moving a river. They're not, <laughs> they're not sabotaging a club. They're not taking down a militia. No, they're branding cattle. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to kind of talk to you about before, because we didn't get to talk about it last episode, because, you know, you had better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> this thing with the wolves. So it was not touched upon this episode at all. Um, right. But, you know, like... You know, you and I were going back and forth with Caroline earlier today about, like, you know, the different, like, what does the season mean so far with the different story arcs? And, like, let's zoom out and try to see. So I came up with this assessment earlier that I was like, I kind of ran it past you guys and, and I kind of molded over since a little bit more. I think the wolves this season is actually the biggest threat to the Duttons. Like, the feds are now involved. And, and what I mean by that, like, if John is found complicit in the cover-up, so, like, what him and Rip talked about, you know, the last episode, where the wolves are somewhere where nobody's going to find them. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. But, you know, the radio <laughs> collars, the map, how everything was portrayed. Now you have the National Park Service. You have, you know, Fish and Wildlife. These are, like, a Department of Interior. They have, you know, the Fish and Wildlife, they are an investigative wing. I don't know if... I I would consider them law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's any type of native land involved, then you have the Bureau of Indian Affairs. You have a lot of federal agencies involved that have their own, (laughs) like, law enforcement arms. And if you could see what I'm doing here, I'm like, like they're reaching for, you know, for these Duttons. But, like, if the wolves are... You know, so the wolves are endangered animals, right? And I feel like this can go real south real fast. And there's no amount of, like, conservation easement that's going to protect the Duttons or be able to walk back what's happened. Yeah. And this, to me, is the thing that, like, you know, because Caroline probed us earlier going, like, well, you know, if you hated this episode so much, like, let's find something redeemable. (laughs) I didn't hate the episode. (laughs) But, like, like, let's, like, dive into the story arcs a little more and kind of, like, see where it is. And I was just like, you know, these flashbacks, because, like, the pesticide flashback, we had a couple of episodes ago. I'm like, well, that really didn't go anywhere. But then, like, it was also, like, put against the wolves. It put right up next to the wolves being found on the uh, Dutton land. And I'm just like, well, you know, like, that's another instance where the government kind of really didn't care about the details they just needed to have their thing done right so the the epa said the the pesticide was safe so like that's your arm of the law arm of the government saying you know everything's cool everything's fine but meanwhile like the havoc that it's wreaking so i just feel a very big sense of unease going forward that this wolf situation is going to blow up in ways that they have not even thought about or considered yeah yeah because we kind of haven't put together like why all these sort of random flashbacks have been happening so right like just trying to connect it but i also don't know if summer is in that big i don't know if summer's in the big leagues enough to be able to to advise properly on this subject it just makes me uneasy going forward (laughs) gives you the the heebie-jeebies well, you know, it's 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 interesting because like initially the the original description of the show talks about, you know, the largest, you know, ranch in the lower 48 
next to America's first national park and you have the, you know, the Native Americans, you know, angle there. So you have like the, this trifecta yeah. of problems. And I'm like, oh, it only took them five seasons to bring that national park. <sighs> You know, if from the description into <laughs> only five seasons into the the situation here, and I just it feels like an iceberg. Like this is the tip, and we have not seen the two thirds that lives below the surface. I want that to be explored. I, I I want that to be brought to resolution, and that's my issue with this episode is that it it brought none of the prior storylines from last episode that w- was to me a perfect setup episode for explosions to go off so where does this leave us for next episode like are we in a good place for things to start going off i don't know i feel like we say that we are and then we don't get it i do feel uneasy about summer and monica being literally the only two people left on the ranch that 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 gave me the creeps like oh no uh yeah so i don't know i feel like there's so many i feel like if you're going to ask me how this series would end as far as the denton ranch like i just i don't know you know because you're right there's so many different angles to this and we've been exploring all of them and sort of eliminating all these little things here and there but yeah i mean you could be right the the wolves cannot be eliminated quite that easily so we'll see. And I also wonder about like Angela Blue Thunder and her whole, you know, dastardly yeah. villain plan to take down Thomas Rainwater. Didn't see any of him or Mo this episode. I not know, even like a not even a blink. I like Mo. But that's what I'm saying. Like I th- that's my issue with this episode. Like there was yeah. like none of the things th- there was no continuation of those stories from last episode. I feel like if and I don't mean this to sound insensitive, but I feel like if the wolves are what bring the Duttons to their knees that might be kind of anticlimactic as far as like a series goes but i don't know i'm sure there's oh, please there's the gotta... Duttons, beth is going to find a way to get them out of it and hopefully she doesn't use her fists hopefully she uses her brain which is what i like her to do yeah. um but you know like <sighs> the other thing too is that like i i'm worried about beth when they do finally pick up the story arc again of jamie and his baby and her finding I this know. out because oh she her cannot behavior... harm a child no no I, uh, no I, no. I, I I can't look into my crystal ball and say what she would do, but I'm just worried because her behavior, well, because we said that she's like a sociopath, essentially, um, and we're not wrong. She's, her behavior has been escalating, and this season in particular, especially this episode now, just shows me the lengths that she's willing to go when she's displeased. Yeah. And it just feels like she's getting a little more unstable. And the more unstable she gets, I I just, I I don't know what she's going to do, but I just feel a very bad sense about her well-being going forward. Yeah. Like, you know, Jamie was very close to killing her. I know. Last episode with the with his car when she got out of the car after beat the snot out of him. I really did. Yeah, she was in a fist fight last episode too with Jamie. (laughs) Did you like for a second think he was gonna hit her? Like, did I you? Because did. I really I did. did. I really did. I was like, <gasps> and I, I was like, Jamie, no, Jamie. I felt like he was like speeding up, and I thought at the last minute he would like slam on the brakes and hit her, so it wouldn't be as hard. <gasps> That's what I kind of thought was really gonna happen. I kind of like, didn't I'm like, think does Beth even her. paid her copay from the hospital from the burns <laughs> that she suffered? So I'm probably like, they'd be like, oh, you again, frequent flyer. Oh, you again. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm just worried about where Beth's behavior is going because it feels like it's escalating. It feels like she's more out of control despite Rip doing what he can to try to wrangle her in. (laughs) I did like that he said he doesn't sleep. John's like, you're brave to sleep next to her. He's like, well, I don't go to sleep mad. (laughs) That was funny. Oh, yeah. Smart man. But I do like the fact that Rip has been brought in more into John's confidence. I feel like yes. this is a calming Thanks influence too. on Rip because he's been a little wound tightly. Yeah. Well, I am excited to meet you back here again next week. We yeah. will see if something a little more exciting happens. Hopefully. Oh, the other thing too, with the two of these women walking around the graveyard, I'm like, again, with the death swirling around. Like, yeah, we're back in the graveyard. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing for Monica to be in the graveyard right now. Right. 
I mean, yes, I understand that she's a mother. She would probably want to see her, her child as much as she can, even if it is a headstone. But at the same time, you know, she's also physically healing as well. So I don't know if these sojourns out into the graveyard is necessarily the best thing for her at this point in time. But also, I I just wonder what her and Summer are going to get up to. Um, yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't. Do they find common ground? Good. <laughs> do they find common ground, or do they have to fight a new enemy that finds their way to them? Oh gosh! And then no. I'm just concerned because the the way that the trailer's set up for next week, there's a care flight involved. There's, there's a helicopter. Yes. Yeah. So okay, I saw that too, and I was like, oh crap! You know, John is hugging Tate, but it doesn't look like a happy embrace. It looks, <sighs> you know, a little stressed. concerned, stressed. And Beth and John are looking at something on the ground. I don't want to say someone. I just say something. Um, so I don't know where this is going, but um, I just hope that I hope that there's a little bit more. Next I hope episode. we survive, Sheila. One more week. Well, we've got to go to episode fourteen. We're only thirty five percent of the I way through that I season. I hope we can. I hope we can make it. Yeah, we'll make it. I've been. Um like filling my other time with friends that's like my show that like I, it it's my show so i've been watching a lot of friends lately because i watched the other show that made me cry and then i'm watching this show. yeah you need a palate and cleanser like, from those heavy shows yeah i need joey triviani in my life so yeah that's where i've been when i'm not yeah i just <laughs> finished the crown things. i'm gonna start wednesday next i've heard really good things about wednesday oh yeah see i've seen a lot of previews for that so but i i just can't stop watching friends it's my it's my thing i might have to move on to friends as my palate cleanser after new girl i'm rewatching it that is. Oh, I love for that like show. the third time you know i never did finish that show which makes me sad um because i loved loved new girl oh it's it's worth going the distance is it because i forget where it lost me but it lost me um when it got a lot with the cc and the nick and the back and forth and yeah after a while, I just got, I don't know, something else came along and then Bright and Shiny instructed um, it's, me. It's a very gifable show. Like, you can send a lot of gifts out of that yes. show. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I Will Calcutta Bitch Lives on My Phone. Yeah. Okay. I love all the shows. This, have the one, this, one, is, one liner. this is not for Yellowstone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to They'll cut this out. They'll cut this out. It's late. All righty. Well, well. Um, thank you, everyone listening. We have been seeing all your comments um, online and Twitter and Facebook and our discussion group. And so please keep them coming. We want to he- hear what you think about this episode. Um, Definitely. So I think we will be chiming in on your... I can just... Sunday, um, you know, about 8 p.m. <laughs> a few <laughs> we can comments. Do some live tweeting and, we yeah. can, you know, we can chat so, with you as well. Um and just hear what you guys have to say. So you can find Pod Clubhouse on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pod Clubhouse, PodClubhouse.com. We we are all affiliated with that. So anything comes our way, we'll we'll definitely hear about it and respond to you directly. So you can tweet at us too. Thank you guys for listening and we hope you have a great week. Talk to you yeah. soon. See you for the next episode. This is Steph. And this is Sheila. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.